Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right. This is Elder G. Bazaar. Turn your radio on. Give me your ear. Give me your spiritual ear. Greetings in the name and only name, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the Rose of Shine, the Lily of the Valley, my bread and my water. Good evening to all my parishioners out there. I'm coming to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, realizing that he is God Almighty, God Almighty in the flesh. If, if a lot of people say, I don't believe in God, but Jesus Christ said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. Jesus Christ came to him on earth, and he came from God. He is God. He manifested himself. In other words, he became human, born of a virgin Mary, not by, not, not by flesh and blood, not by the will of man, not by man, but by the will of God. God manifested himself in the flesh and was laid in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. He was human, yet still he was 100% God. And that's what it took. That's what it took. That's what it took for God Almighty to redeem man back to himself. That was the only way God Almighty could save man from sin was through himself by his shed blood on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago. There is no other way anybody I don't care who you are from Adam all the way over to the 4,000 years of of of, uh, uh, of history and the 2,000 years of history. There was no other way God could redeem man but by his son, Jesus Christ. That's why the Bible says, at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow, every tongue is going to confess. And don't you realize that the world today don't believe, don't care. They don't believe that Jesus Christ is coming back to this earth. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. I don't care how much you try to tell them, how much you try to warn them. Church folks don't believe it. Some preachers don't believe it. And you know some of them don't believe what the world going to think. The world don't think too much of Jesus Christ coming back because they don't want him to come back. Don't you realize where that spirit comes from? That spirit comes from Satan because Satan wants to rule the world forever, and he ain't going to do it. He done had enough time to do his thing, and all that he did is kill, rob, and destroy. That's all he can do. He's the king of death. He's Uh-oh, wait a minute. He's the king of death. Jesus Christ is the king of life. Where do death come from? Death comes from Lucifer. Death comes from the devil. Death comes from sin. Death is sin. Separation from God spiritually. When you die, your soul leaves your body. You be separated from your body. You either go one place or the other. You go to paradise or you go to hell. And if you die a spiritual death, 
If you die spiritually death, that means you will be separated from God spiritually. So you are dead. You are dead to know who God is. So if you die without knowing Christ, you will have to be separated from God. The only way that you can be redeemed back to God is through Christ. Christ is our only hope. Christ is our only joy. Christ is everything because he's the only one can save your soul. Buddha can't do it. No form of religions in the world today can save man from sin. And Christianity is not, I'll say it again, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a divine spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ through his sacrificial death on Calvary's Christ cross. That's the only way you can know God. Because when you come to Christ, Christ said, when you come to me and you repent of your sin and you accept me as your Savior, right right at the split second you accept Jesus Christ, you accept God because he is God. And the only way that you can accept him is through faith by his shed blood through the Spirit. Because the fountain was open 2,000 years ago. The fountain was open. And when the fountain was open, Christ, Christ, no denomination, no, 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 no uh, uh, voodoo, no uh, uh, witchcraft, they ain't going to save you, no homeless, nothing, 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 nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ can save you from your sins. Let's bow our heads at this time. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy. We thank you for giving us strength, Lord, to go on in your name. Lord, we're going to preach the word tonight that somebody may be awakened from the word, from by the word and, and through the word that they may recognize that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin and that Jesus Christ is the only way that man can be redeemed is by the blood, not by church joining, not by trying to be good, not by doing all the rituals and all the keeping all the laws and all the ordinance of the word of God, you can do all that because you can't keep it because the only way that you can keep the word of God is through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes in you, that is the word. And when the word comes in you, you you cry out, Abba, Abba, Father, because Christ lives in you. Christ's spirit lives in you through what? Through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so what we what we're saying, we're saying the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ is it. There ain't no way else you can get to heaven. You can't work your way there. You can't cry your way there. You can't join some church or some secret society and, 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 and go to heaven. Your color of your skin ain't going to get you there. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what's your status quo. Your education can't get you there. Huh. Your, your, your friends can't get you there. Your mama can't get you there. Your daddy can't get you. Nobody. Ain't nobody there but Jesus Christ. And that's what the world is rejecting. That's what the devil wants. He wants you to reject Jesus Christ. He wants you to deny Jesus Christ. He, he'll tell you anything about Jesus Christ because he knows who he is, and he trembles at his name. His name is power in the name of Jesus. And you've got to be living right in order to use that name correctly because a lot of people ain't living nothing, and they're trying to use Jesus Christ. They're trying to use his name, and it ain't working. And if you don't believe me, ask the seven sons of Stephen. 
They try to cast out demons in the name of Jesus, and those demons turn back on them and say, hey, look here, man. Paul I know. I know Paul. I know Peter. I know all the boys, but who are you? I don't know you. And those demons leaped out on them seven sons of Sceva and took their clothes, and they ripped their clothes off and running down the street naked. Because you don't mess with the name of Jesus Christ. Powerful name. It's an all-powerful name. It's a name that the world is not fearing. The name of Jesus Christ is a name that every boy, girl, drunkard, liar, cheat, backbiter should fear the name of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is almighty God in the flesh. He became man like us. Because that was the only way man could be brought back to God. Now, if you reject that, if you reject that, guess what? If you reject that atonement, there's no way that you can be pleasing to God because that sacrificial death of Jesus Christ was what God had to do in order to redeem man. And he did it through love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We are living in the last days right now. We are living in the last days. Jesus Christ is soon to rapture the church, the church of the living God, the church that Jesus Christ purchased with his own blood, the church that Jesus Christ said up on this rock, I'm going to build my church in the gates of hell. Hell itself shall not, will not, cannot prevail against it. So the church is the only victory that we have. And the only way that you become what? A staunch, not a member, but you become a member of the body of Christ is through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you just go to church and go to church and go to church, that don't mean you're going to heaven. Going to church ain't going to get you to heaven. No, 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 no. Jesus told Nicodemus, ye must be born again. And that new birth, that new birth comes by faith. For without faith is impossible to please God, for you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those that diligently seek him. And in the Old Testament times, in the Old Testament times, the blood of goats, turtle doves, lambs was used as a sacrificial offering for the sins of the people. Listen, in the ninth chapter of Hebrews, and then we're going to get into end time. As soon as I get this year across to you, we're going to get into the end time uh, uh, events that's happening around the world, assuring us that Jesus Christ is soon to come. But listen to this. In the ninth chapter of Hebrews, in the ninth chapter of Hebrews, listen to what it says, 12th verse, 9 and 12. It says, neither by the blood of goats, and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained 
eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of the heifers sprinkling, the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this call, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of a necessity be the death of the testator. Who was the testator? Jesus Christ was the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Well, on neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. In the Old Testament time, people used the Jews used animals as blood sacrifice. It had to be a clean animal. It had to be a either a lamb or a goat or a turtle dove or a bullock in order for it to cover the sins of man in the Old Testament. They went through that for about three thousand years offering up animals, but that was only a covering. That was only a covering and a type and shadow of better things to come. Now listen what this says. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to get your sins covered, you had to have an animal in order for sacrifice through the blood of the of the lamb, of the goat, of the turtle dove. If you didn't have no sacrificial offering to offer the priest and give it to the priest, your sins could not be covered, covered. It could only cover sins in the Old Testament. And it covered them until what? The final sacrifice would have to be offered up. What is the final sacrifice? The final sacrifice of all sacrifices, the eternal sacrifice, is Jesus Christ. He is the only sacrifice that's able to not only cover sin, but take sin away out of you. In other words, it destroys the sin in your spirit and in your soul. And when Christ comes in through the blood, through the blood, guess what? He sanctifies you. He sets your soul, your spirit, from sin. In other words, he eliminates sins in your spirit and in your soul, and now you become a child of God through his blood, through his blood, not the blood of the preacher, not the blood of the deacon, not the blood of the archbishop, not the blood of the pope, but Jesus' blood is the only blood that can sanctify your soul, and it sets you apart from sin. Now you are made free through the blood by faith in what? What Christ did on Calvary. He died on Calvary. He hung on Calvary. He was beat before he was hung on Calvary. They nailed nails through his hand. They nailed it through his feet. They mutilated him. 
They ostracized him. They embarrassed him. They cursed at him. They said all kinds of evil things against him. And guess what? He forgave them. He forgave them. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. They, and they didn't know what they were doing, but thank God they didn't know what they were doing. Thank God they didn't know what they were doing. They were killing the Son of God. They were slaying God in the flesh. In other words, God cannot be killed, but his Son himself became man, so he was capable enough of dying a physical death. You can't nail God to the cross. You can't, you can't persecute God and hang and spit on it. No, you can't kick God. But what, 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 what did God do? He became man. When he became man, that was God. All God. Permanently God. Eternal God. And so when we was kicking Jesus Christ, we was kicking his son. We were, we, we was kicking God himself in the flesh. And they didn't know what they were doing. And when Christ died on Calvary, that was God in his son separated himself from the body, went into the bowels of hell, walked through hell, looked at hell, seen those that were in hell, and went into paradise. When he went into paradise, he spoke to those that died in the Old Testament time and told them, he visited them and told them, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you out of the heart of the earth. I'm coming to remove your residency. I'm coming to set you free. I'm coming to bring you out of paradise, which was in the bowels of the earth, and I'm going to set you in the presence of God Almighty because paradise was transformed from the bowels of the earth unto the presence of God. So when a saint dies today, when a baptized, born-again believer comes to Christ and Christ comes into his life, he is set forever. He have eternal life. He have eternal redemption. His sins are forgiven. His sins are washed away. He no longer can sin anymore. His soul, his spirit cannot sin no more. No more. What? He's set free from sin. And sin cannot enter into his spirit, and the devil can't enter into his spirit, and the devil can't take his salvation because his salvation is what? Sealed. Hear me what I'm saying. Sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. So what you talking about is when you save, you save. You don't have to go back one a day at a time. You don't have to go back no more and say, Lord, save me again. Save me again. Save me again. No. Once you save, you're always saved in the eyesight of God. God is not going to take your salvation. God is not going to throw your salvation away. He's not going to get mad because you sin him and you know you sin him. And, 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 and he's going to say, well, I'm going to take my salvation because you, you sin it. Because the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the thing that's sinning is a flesh because when you receive Christ in your life and your soul is saved, your soul is set free, but you're living in a body. You're living in a carnal body. You're living in a body that sin is there. And sin will always be there until the final day comes in which this physical body, this carnal body, will be changed into a spiritual body as like the body of Jesus Christ, and you will become spotless, sinless forevermore. You will never sin again after you get your resurrection body. 
That's right. Once you come to Christ by the blood of Jesus Christ, we look at the ninth chapter of Hebrews, and we see what the Bible says. Listen to what it says. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats and with water and scarlet wool and heslop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God has enjoined unto you. So you are joined back together by the blood of animals and sacrificing until the fullness of time comes. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with what? This is what it says. And all, almost all things are by the law purged with blood and without, 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 22nd chapter, without, without. Shedding of the blood is no remission of sin. It was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in the heavens should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice than these. Listen, 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself now to appear, appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself, listen, listen what it says, often. He offered himself, not often, not, not year after year, month after month, and day after day. No, he offered himself as the high priest entered into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the beginning of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, has he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. In other words, if the blood of Jesus Christ wasn't powerful enough to save you from sin, he would have to sacrifice it over and over and over and over. But his sacrifice was not like animals because animal blood had no power to take away sin. It had a power to cover sin, that God couldn't see the sin of the people that were doing in that day until Jesus Christ came. And when Christ came, he died for the sin. He paid the full price. He paid it that nobody else could pay. He paid it by suffering. He paid it by his shed blood. He paid it by being ridiculed and mutilated. They ripped his flesh apart. They nailed him and hung him high. They tell me it was embarrassing. It tell me it was what? It was low down. What did it? Our sins, our lying, our backbiting, our, our murder self, our racial injustices, all this sin that's going on in the world today, 
Jesus Christ died once and for all, and he's not going to die no more. All the dying, Jesus done. And when he died, he was in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And after the three days and three nights, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? He got up. He got up out the grave. And when he got up out of the grave, he got up on his own power. And his own power was God's power himself. God resurrected himself into his son, and his son spoke. And he said, now I got all power in heaven and in earth in my hand. Well, we know Jesus Christ had all power in heaven and earth before he died, but he didn't have the power enough to save until after the resurrection. Do you hear what I am saying? He had no power to save no souls until after the resurrection. Because before before the resurrection or before he was hung on a tree, nobody... Nobody had power enough to pay for the sins of the world forever. In other words, there was no man, there was no no deity, there was no angel, there was no seraphim. There was nobody able to do what Jesus Christ did when God raised his son from the dead. Why? Because he was God, and nobody could hold him in the grave. And when he got up out of the grave, the payment, every lowdown, rotten sin was paid for. Did you hear what I'm saying? Every lowdown, rotten sin was paid for. Well, what sin was that? What sin was that? Here it is. Listen to what he said. This, this is who Christ died for. Listen, he said, and he said to me, it is done. This is Revelation uh, 20, uh, 21st chapter. 21st chapter at the uh, uh, fifth verse. It said, and he that sat up on the throne said, behold, I make all things new. And he said it to me, right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said it to me, it is done. I am Alpha. This is Jesus Christ talking. He said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life free. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. This is Jesus. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This is Jesus Christ talking in the book of Revelation as John wrote it down. The 21st chapter started at the fifth verse. This is what Christ died for. He died for all liars. He died for all sorcerers. He died for all idolaters. He died for all abominable. He died for all murderers. He died for all unbelieving people on the planet. All the unbelieving. 
those that don't believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, those that don't believe that Jesus Christ is God Almighty, those that don't believe that he was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes, those that don't believe that he was on this earth and that he stayed on this earth for 33 and one-half years, and he what? He mainly came down here to do one thing, one thing. If he wouldn't have did nothing else, he'd come down here to die. He'd come down here to pay the price for sin, and the wages of sin is death. And Christ died for our sins, our low-down, dirty, rotten sins that we read in the book of Revelation at the, what, 21st chapter at the 5th verse. He died. He suffered. And he's been gone from this planet for the last 2,000 years. He's he been gone. And he said before he left, before he left, I will, absolutely will, come back again and receive you into myself. And where I am, you're going to be there also. He said, I'm coming back to get the church. I'm coming back to get the church. I'm coming back to get his church, not my church, his church. His church is a church that people have repented of their sins and confessed with their mouth and believed with their heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and accept the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in their life by the blood of Jesus Christ, and they believe that he died for them, that he suffered for them, that he went into hell for them, that he was resurrected. So I believe that with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul. You can't change my mind. Because when you come to know Christ, you absolutely become a new creature. You become a brand new creature. You will never, you will never, you will never be the same the rest of your life through eternity. Why? Because Christ don't change. Christ saves. Christ saves forever. Christ saves because he loves you so much. Christ don't want to see nobody go to hell. If anybody go to hell, it won't be Jesus' fault. You can't blame Jesus for you missing heaven. I can't blame Jesus if I miss heaven because I know I ain't going to miss it because he don't save me. And the Holy Ghost ain't going to never leave me. He said, lo, I'll be with you always. He's talking to the church talking to the born-again believer. Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. I'll be with you through everything that you go through in life. I will protect you. I will give you supply. I will love you. I will comfort you. I will be well with you if you accept me. I will never, this is Christ, I will never leave you, neither will I forsake you. Because when he died, it was not in vain. And in the book of Revelation, we see in the 21st chapter, at the fifth verse, exactly who's going to hell. Who's going to hell? Let's read that again. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if you got that. Guy. It said, look, the fearful, those that are scared, those that's living in fear. There's a lot of people that need to be saved. They're scared to get saved. They're scared to accept Jesus Christ. They're scared of where they're going when they die. They're scared of the word of God. And the word of God is not to scare you. The word of God is, amen, is to, what, convict you and tell you that you need a Savior. Except the man repent. Except the man have a changed life. 
by Christ, he shall likewise perish. 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 For what? Your sins. For what? Your lying. For what? Your whoremonger. For what? Your child molestation. For what? Your adultery. For what? Your fornication. You've got to get those sins forgiven. And when Christ forgives your sin, he forgives your past sin, your present sin, and your future sin. Why? Because your soul has been saved from sin, but you got another you got another member to deal with. You got to deal with that old nasty flesh because there's nothing good in the flesh. That's why the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But one thing about it, you can destroy my body. You can burn my body, you can cut it up, you can you can mutilate it, but you can't touch my soul. Never. The devil cannot touch my soul. He can touch me physically, but he can't touch my spiritual soul because my soul is wrapped up, tied up, woo, in the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm depending on that. I know that's a fact. I know that's real. I know that's authentic. Because when Christ came into my life at a right young age, a right young age, I accepted Jesus Christ. And he kept me all the way up until I'm 78 years old. And he called me into the ministry at the age of 21. And I've been preaching ever since then. I know the Lord called me. I know it. Nobody can change my mind. Nobody convinced my mind, my heart, my soul. Why? Because he said, you know you've been passed from death to life. Because why? How do I know I'm saved? You want to know why? Because I love the brethren. I love the brethren. I love everybody. I love the lovely. I love the unlovely. I love the just. I love the unjust. The love that I have comes directly from God. Nothing but God. It ain't my love. It's God's love in me, and I'm to I'm supposed to exemplify God's love by what? Being filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is God Almighty in the Spirit. And it came through through Jesus Christ because when Christ opened that fountain and that fountain was his shed blood on Calvary's cross and the sinners fell beneath the flow. And guess what? When you fall underneath the blood of Jesus Christ and that spirit comes into your life by the blood, guess what? You have a changed life because the Bible says you know you pass from death to life because you love the brothers. If you don't love, you don't know God. I ain't talking about people that you know. I'm talking about people that you don't know. You ain't never met. If you don't love them, the love of God is not in you. You got to love them just like you love who? You got to love them. You got to love those that you never seen. You got to love those that's unloving. And the only kind of love that has that power is the love of God. And the love of God is what? Forever. The love of God don't waver. The love of God is strong. The love of God is what? Long-suffering. Woo! Let's see what the love of God is. Come on now. Come on now. Let's see what the love of God is. Let's see what the Bible says about the love of God. Let's go to the book of Corinthians. Woo! Let's go to the 13th chapter. Of 
First Corinthians, thirteenth chapter, the love chapter, the love chapter. Here it is. Talking about love now. We're talking about God's love. We ain't talking about agape love. We ain't talking about yeah, we're talking about God, God love, agape love. We ain't talking about eros love. That's love of a woman and a man. We ain't talking about brotherly love. We're talking about God's love. Listen, though I speak with tongues hmm, of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. I'm just a noise maker. I'm making a bunch of noise. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. A noise maker. You just talking. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I have prophesied and understand of all mysteries, and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. You hear what that said? I ain't nothing. I'm at the zero factor if I don't have love. I'm at the bottom of the barrel. Listen, listen, listen to this again. Come on, listen. People don't don't listen to what the word is saying. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have what? All faith. So that I could what? Remove mountains and have not charity. I am nothing. And and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I feed the poor every if I feed the poor every day, and though I, I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. There's another nothing. Always in if you ain't got love, you ain't got nothing. Now here's love. Charity suffers long. It is kind. Charity endeth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seek not her own. It, 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 it is not easily provoked. Think it's no evil. Love don't think evil. Love don't think evil. Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity, good God Almighty, charity never fails. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether it be tongues, they shall cease. Whether it be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, and though and though I thought as a child, 
But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass, darkly. But when being face to face, now I know in part, but when I shall know, even as also I am known. And now about his faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. The greatest of these is love. 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 God's love. It has all these qualities. These qualities, if you are born again believer, then these qualities should be in you. You should be loving God more and more each and every day. You should be more kinder each and every day. You should be more understanding each and every day. You should be long. You should be growing in what? God's love, unconditional love, everlasting love, sure love, rich love. Because what? God is love. And if God is love and God lives in you through Jesus Christ, then you have evidence that you have been born again. Born again of what? The spiritual birth, not the physical birth. You can only be born once physical, physically, and you can only be born once spiritually. The new birth can only come by Jesus Christ, not Buddhism, not Taoism, not Shintoism, not denominationalism. No kind of other religion can do this because religion is what? The religion is not of God. Religion is of Satan because Satan believes in doing things to acquire salvation. And you can't acquire salvation through works. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven for nothing. You got to say, Lord, you did it all. You did it all. Your sacrificial death did it all. When you died and you came back from the grave and the testator, the testator, you became the genuine testator because you came back from the day that from the dead, that was evidence that you are the Son of God. You are God Almighty in the flesh because you was quickened by the Spirit and you got up out the grave and now you're sitting on the right-hand side of the Father who's making indecision for you and I that we have what this thing called eternal redemption through who? Jesus Christ. You can't get salvation just by going to church. This salvation is everlasting. This salvation is for real. This salvation is priceless, priceless. It is a divine gift of God loving you so much that he was able to sacrifice, let himself be sacrificed at Calvary's cross for your raunchy sin, and he came back from the grave and he took your sins, if you want them to be taken away from you, he can take your sins away today. And you can become a new believer right now just by putting your faith and trust in him and saying, I'm tired of this old world. I'm tired of this old world. I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of lying. I'm tired of fornicating. I'm tired of going to church. 
and just going to church and just going, and I ain't happy. I'm not joyful. I don't love everybody like the Bible tells me to love. I need to love everybody. I need to love those that hate me and despitefully use me and accuse me and persecute me. I need to love those that don't speak to me. I, love, I need to love those that don't even have no desire for me to even talk to them. I want God's love. Because God loves you so much. Woo, that's a lot of love. Because if he didn't love you, don't you know I wouldn't be alive today? If he didn't love me, don't you know I'd be dead, rotting in hell, looking up? Don't you, don't you know that? Don't you know if you die tonight without Christ in your life, Without Jesus Christ in your life, without you repenting of your sins and turning from your wicked way and confess Christ with your mouth and believe with your heart, and you die without that confession, you die without that newborn again experience, you die without the love of God in your heart, don't you know you're a bus hell wide open? Not because God put you there, but because you only rejected the only ultimate sacrifice that ever will be done in the universe. It won't be done again. So you've got to pay for your own sins. And if you have to pay for your own sins, then you've got to be separated from God. And you've got to take the penalty. And the penalty is everlasting torment. Tormented forever. That's mind-boggling. That's mind-boggling. But God is a just God. And he justly is loving you right now. And you, you, you're telling yourself, I don't want to go now, man. I, I, I got a little time. But let me tell you, we are definitely living in the last days. Don't you know today, right now, the Antichrist is alive? The Antichrist is alive today, right now. And he's waiting for an event to happen. And this event is called the rapture, or the translation of the church. It is called apostle. It is the translation that's mentioned in Corinthians. When this mortal body shall be changed to immortality, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we that remain alive shall be called to meet the Lord in the air. Don't you know that's on the verge of the rapture? can happen any time this year, but there's a certain month that it will happen. This is, this is Bible fact. This is Bible fact. This is Bible fact. I'm not talking off the top of my head. I'm not talking off the side of my neck. I'm talking about this year is 99.5%. The rapture could happen this year at what month? The rapture month, according to the Bible, is September. That's the rapture month. I'm not a predictor. I'm just telling you the rapture month is September. That's the month of the fifth feast day. Every other feast day, whoo, every other feast day, the Lord's feast, happen on certain months of the year. Just to let you know what I'm talking about, there are seven feast days that the Jews have kept 
for the last 3,000 years, and they lost, they didn't lose the contact of it, but they were taken into captivity. They were not able to celebrate it. But when they came back into the land of Jew, uh, 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 in Jerusalem, came back to Israel, they reinstated it to remember that there are seven feast days found in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus. The seven feast days found in the book of Leviticus. This is real. This is no joke. The twenty the twenty third chapter of Leviticus. It says a few verses. I'm not gonna read this this whole thing, but I'm gonna read it just to give you a tinge of it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy conversation. Even these are my feasts. The Lord is talking. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the rest and holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in your diligence. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocation, which ye shall proclaim in their what? Seasons. In other words, these feasts shall proclaim in their season. And their season means that each part of the year of each month, these feasts are to be fulfilled. Now, here, are, here they are. There's the Feast of Passover, which happens in March, between March and April. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, which represents the holy lifestyle. The Feast of First Fruit, which is the resurrection. The Feast of Pentecost, which represents the 50th day. That happens in June, the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Trumpets, which happens in September, the Feast of Yom Kippur, which represents the second coming of Jesus Christ, which happens in October, the Feast of Tabernacle, the last feast of the seven feasts is Feast of Tabernacle, which represents the millennium reign of Jesus Christ on the earth. There are 6,000 years of human history. There are, and the last, the last feast is Sabbath. The Sabbath represents the millennium reign. That would be 6,000 years of toiling, of toiling. And on the 7,000 years, there's going to be rest to the earth. There's going to be rest to the animal world. There's going to be rest to the human race. There's going to be peace on the earth when Jesus Christ comes back and rule and reign after what? After the seven-year tribulation, Jesus Christ will come back to this earth and he will rule and reign for 1,000 years. That's the only time the world will come back to what God installed it. In other words, Satan will be done. 
The devil has had 6,000 years of tearing up the planet, ripping lives apart, killing and murdering and raping, war, all kinds of gross sins, all kinds of uh, 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 abominations have been done upon the earth for 6,000 years. And God said at the end of the 6,000 years, I'm going to take the world into the millennium reign where Christ will be the ruler. God, God is going to have a theocracy government. A theocracy government. So we got feast of Passover. We got feast of unleavened bread. We got feast of first fruits. We got feast of Pentecost. That's four feast days that have been fulfilled. They are done. The next three, the next three is called Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Yom Kippur, and Feast of Tabernacle. The Feast of Rosh Hashanah represents trumpets, trumpets, trumpets. Trumpets, trumpets, trumpets. Whenever a trumpet is blown, it represents war, a time of repentance, a time of ingathering, a time of bringing things together. And so the next feast day of the Lord will happen in September. September represents the rapture. Passover represents Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. Unleavened bread represents the three days he was in the heart of the earth. The feast of first fruit represents the resurrection. The first fruit of Pentecost represents the birth of the church. These four have been fulfilled. It is done. The church was born in about 30 AD on the day of Pentecost, which was the fourth Feast day, fourth feast day of the Lord. That's been fulfilled, and it's been fulfilled every year, every year for 2,000 years. It's been fulfilled because the Jews celebrate this as the birth of the church. The church has been here for 2,000 years, and now we're living in the last days. We're living in a time just before Christ comes because just like Jesus Christ said, he said, as it was in the days of Noah, Noah was full of corruption, killing and murdering and raping. And he said, as it was in the doors, the days of Noah, so shall, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. Now we're living in the time referring to Noah's day. And the world is corrupt. I say the world is corrupt. The world has gone mad. The world has gone crazy. The world has gone senile. The world is saying, the heck with this year rapture. The heck with this tribulation period. I ain't paying no bit of attention to it to nothing. I don't believe it. But whatever you believe, I don't care what you believe, it is coming to pass that we at the end, almost at the end of 6,000 years of the earth being in charge of Lucifer. The devil has been running this earth. God is sitting on the throne. 
And God is concerned about the souls of men. God wants to save souls. God don't go around killing and raping little girls. God don't be gambling and lying and cheating. and back. God don't do that. God is a holy God. And since he's a holy God, God wants to save as many as he possibly can before it's everlasting too late. Because if you miss heaven, you're going to miss the whole purpose of living. And so where are we? We're at the close of the church age. The church age is at its last woe. At its last woe. The church will never be like it used to be. It used to be in better better than what it is today. But why? Because the Bible said, they, there shall come a falling away. People have fallen away from the cross. People have fallen away from the burial, death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They have fallen away from the Holy Spirit. They have fallen away from the love of God. They have fallen away, and now they have a form of godliness, but they don't have no power. And this is a sign that Jesus Christ is coming back to get the church. And at the same time as he's coming back to get the church, there's prophecy yet to be fulfilled. And that prophecy is being fulfilled right now in Jerusalem. What's going on in Jerusalem? Well, there are six nations now encamped around Jerusalem. Hezbollah, the Syrians, the Hamayas, all those are gathered around Jerusalem right now. And what they are planning to do, they are planning to try to eliminate Israel. They are planning to make an attack upon Israel. Iran got the atomic nuclear bomb, and the Jews are concerned about them getting into the hand of Iran, and they are going to have to go on their own and stop these people from making this neutron bomb so they can bomb the Jewish nation and try to get eliminated and get rid of it. It's coming, my friends. It's coming. War is coming. War is coming. And it's called the ring of fire. And this ring of fire is just around the bend. It ain't going to be long. You're going to hear news coming from Jerusalem that the Jews is attacking an atomic plant where Iran is building this nuclear bomb to try to eliminate whoo, the Jewish people. You will find this year battle in the 83rd Division of Psalms. Six nations is trying to eliminate. In 1967, they tried. In 1973, they tried. In 1948, they tried. They've been trying for the last 75 years to eliminate the Jewish nation. And they'll never, they'll never, they'll never, they'll never do it because these are God's chosen people. And God said, you touch the Jewish people, you touch the apple of my eye. And so where we at? We at the close of the final trumpet, because there's going to be some trumpet sound. Jesus Christ is going to sound some trumpets pretty soon. And these trumpets are going to blow. And the Jews in September are getting ready for the sofa. They're getting ready to blow it. And when they blow it, you better look up for your redemption's draw not. The Jews are getting the temple ready for the Antichrist. If they're getting the temple, the, 
ready for the Antichrist. Don't you know the Antichrist is a lie? Don't you know they're planning to get this thing started on the way? Don't you know they're getting the priests ready? Don't you know they're getting the five heavens ready? Don't you know they're getting ready to build the altar? They're getting everything ready and lined up because the Bible said in a moment, with a twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ is going to get up out the grave. They're going to bust the graves open. When they bust the graves open, we that remain alive shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving because I'm looking for the trumpet. I'm hoping for the trumpet. I've been carrying this gospel as much, well as I could and much as I could and as long as I could. Can for 58 years I've been preaching this book, this book, and this book is real. This book ain't playing. This book is serious. This book is holy. This book is right. This book is everlasting. This book is the only book that what that tells you about your soul and your redeemer, and it tells you about hell. It tells you about heaven. It tells you about salvation. It tells you about marriage. It tells you about how you spend your money. It tells you everything that you need to know, and people just don't believe what the Bible said, but we are living in that time. There's a World War III. World War III is found in the book of Ezekiel. 2,600 years ago, in the 38th and 39th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, you will find that the Russians, the Russian, Putin, is getting ready. Amen. I'm talking about the word of God. Amen. Putin believes there's a time coming, and he knows there's a time coming, that Russia is going to get real bold and try to go down up on Israel and capture and take the Jews' captivity in the last days. It would be done, I believe it would be done this year, because in the book of Ezekiel, the 38th and 39th chapter of the book of Ezekiel, gives you the picture of World War III. World War III is here. Men are gathering in nuclear armaments like gathering eggs. All around the world, nations are planning. And the Bible says all nations will come against Jerusalem. And whoever come against Jerusalem, the nations that come against Jerusalem, the Bible says they're going to cut them to pieces. God is going to cut them to pieces when you mess with my people. And in the book of Ezekiel, 38th chapter, this is World War III. And it's going to be ignited by the rings of fire in the 83rd Division of Psalms. That's going to ignite World War III. Because when these nations come around, the rings of fire comes around to make an attack upon Jerusalem, God is going to intervene, and the Jews are going to come out victoriously. Woo! And when that happens, I believe, I know it for a fact, I believe the trumpets are going to blow. God said, that's it for the church. That's it for my bride. That's it for my loved ones. That's it for my redeemed ones. That's it 
for my sanctified one. That's it for the ones who have accepted me as Lord and Savior, and they are looking for me. They are hoping for me. I'm going to blow the trumps, and the trumps shall sound. And today, people don't like trumpets. People don't like a horn to be blown, a siren to go off. And I believe this with all my heart. President Trump is the last Trump. He already done blew one time, and nobody wouldn't listen. Now they're trying to get rid of him, and he's going to blow it the second time. And when he blew it the second time, I believe he's going to win the presidency, and I believe that he is going to be the one that's going to, woo, going to feel the tribulation period and may have to go through it. Amen. Because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. If America don't repent, if America don't repent, she's going down the tube. If America don't back up the Jewish people, she's going down the tube. If America don't turn from her wicked ways as a nation, she's going down the tube. If America don't repent, and come to Jesus Christ and turn from this lucrative, lying, backbiting, hatred, racial injustices and stuff. God said you're going to perish. Either you repent or you shall likewise perish. And this war that's coming up is going to turn a lot of heads. And when the rapture occurs, my God, my God, when the rapture occurs, it's going to be an awesome time because millions, millions of people from around the world will be missing from this planet. Millions. I don't know, my, and it might be guilty, the billions. There's 7.8 billions. 7.8 billions people on the earth. And according to the Bible, according to the Bible, listen, Majority of the world is lost, L-O-S-T, L-O-S-T. Majority of the population of the earth is lost. Jesus said it's going to be the same way as in the days of Noah and when the Son of Man comes. And out of the days of Noah, there was multitudes of people up on the earth because they were multiplying through fallen angels, was cohabitating, and they were multiplying. They were wicked. They were so wicked that God told Noah to build an ark now. Get it together. Fix it up. Make it so many cubits high, so many cubits wide, so many cubits long. Get all the animals on there. Come on. Get busy. I'm getting ready to flood the world. I'm going to destroy man, beast, and anything that's not like me. And God found eight people. God found eight people out of B. 
billions of people up on the earth at the flood, and there's billions of people up on the earth today, and majority of the world don't know Jesus Christ. But Christ is going to give the world an opportunity to hear the gospel. He said, the end shall not come until the gospel is preached to all the world. And that's going to be preached in the book of Revelation at uh, the tribulation period. The gospel is going to be preached to all the world. How can it be preached to all the world, preacher bazaar? How can it be preached? It's going to be preached, number one, it's already been preached as much as the church could do for 2,000 years. And there's been evangelistic ministries, hey, that's been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died and rose again and coming back. They've been preaching it, preaching it. And now the church is in a slump area. People are not concerned about it. Preachers have a form of godless and no power. We're living in a Laodicea church age, and the Laodicea church age is a lukewarm church that has a form of godless, but they don't have no power. They are not concerned about their soul. They're not concerned about the return of Christ. They're not looking for the return of Christ. They're having parties. They're partying. They're partying. They're partying. They're lying. They're cheating. They're backbiting. They're whoremongering. They're adulterers. They're wife swapping. They're taking little children, raping them. They're having all kind of witchcraft, they're all kind of voodoo, they're, witch, they're, they're worshiping the devil, the Luciferians, we have the Illuminati, we have the secret society, we have all these man-made organizations that run by Lucifer, and Lucifer says, I'm going to deceive the whole world and getting people to believe that the blood of Jesus Christ is not necessary to receive Christ to go to heaven, and he has deceived majority of the world, and the world is believing, and the world is saying, well, if I go to hell, so what? My friends are going to be there. But if you go to hell, you ain't going to have time to worry about your friends because let me tell you, my friends, hell is hot, and I don't want you to go, and God don't want you to go, and Jesus don't want you to go, and angels don't want you to go, and your worst friend don't want you to go, but let me tell you, you got to make a choice one day, because tomorrow is not guaranteed to you. You can be alive today and die today. It's no regard, has no respect to person, and sometimes people live so wild, they live a short life, but let me tell you, the Bible says, remember now, you're created in the days of our youth, and the best time Time to receive Christ is while you young and able to get around. The best time to receive Christ is while your heart is still tender and hasn't been hardened with sin. Don't wait till you get 99 years old and then decide to reach Jesus Christ because it's going to be a real difficult. The older you get, the more tough it is to receive Christ. Come on to him now. Come on to him now. Money, money ain't nothing. Money ain't nothing but a waste of time. People are dying, going to hell over money, a piece of paper, a piece of paper. And pretty soon, you're going to be in a caste system where the government will control your money. The bitcoins. The government is getting ready to control your money through AI. Artificial intelligence is going to control your money. Don't you know they're getting ready for the mark of the beast now? Don't you know Taiwan is making computer chips at a fast breaking speed so fast that you can't even count it? And they're getting ready to do what? They're getting ready to go into a market system called in the Bible the mark of the beast. 
the mark of the beast is here. It's all on your TV set. It's all in your programming. It's all in your movies. It's everywhere. And the people are saying, well, this is nothing. This is new. I like this. But let me tell you, in the 13th chapter, I'm going to show you what AI is, artificial intelligence. In the 13th chapter of Revelation, we see the world computer. The world computer in the 13th chapter of Revelation. Thirteenth chapter, um, uh, there's uh, 18 verses in this year chapter. And it says this. 13 and 9. 13 and 9. This is what it says. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall be shall go into captivity. He that kills it with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast. The first beast is the Antichrist. The second beast is the false prophet. And the false prophet is the Pope. I'm going to tell you that now. The false prophet is the Pope. He's false. He's not called by God. He's called by the devil. And the devil used the Pope to deceive the world. And so John looked again while he was on the, out in the Patmos, and he saw the first beast that had ten horns, and uh, uh, worship worship him, and the world worship him, and the dragon gave the first beast power to do what? To co- co- consider himself as being God. Now here we go in the eleventh verse. It says, "I beheld another beast coming out of the earth." In other words, coming from Rome. And I beheld another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. He was speaking like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Ooh, he's speaking like a lamb now. He had two horns like a lamb, like he's meek and mild, and he's he's kind and generous, and he's going around kissing people's feet, and he's going around telling this and that. Oh, the Pope looks so meek and mild, but let me tell you what what's behind that. Listen to what he said. And, but he spake as a dragon. Well, he ain't going to speak as a dragon now. He ain't going to speak as a dragon until the middle of the tribulation period. When he becomes like a dragon, he's going to be like a dragon. He's going to be run by Lucifer. He's going to run this outfit. Twelve verses, and he exercised all power of the first beast before him. And causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now, the first beast is the Antichrist. The Antichrist. The Antichrist. A man of sin, the son of perdition. He's here. He's on the earth right now. And the second beast will come up. When the second beast come up, he will come up and he will give, he will have all authority to give all authority to the Antichrist. How can he do that? He's going to do that because what's going to happen in the middle of the tribulation, there's going to be a assassination of 
the Antichrist. He's going to be shot with a bullet through the head. He's going to be shot with a bullet through the head. And this bullet's going to kill the Antichrist. And when he kills him, he's going to lay in the morgue for what? He's going to lay in the morgue for three days. He's going to do a fake, phony, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck resurrection. Because all the aliens, all the flying saucers, all the Nephilims, and all the little green men, all those this type, this type sauces that men have been experienced ever since the beginning of time. These are fallen angels. And these fallen angels right now are the prince power of the air. They are going to be cast out of heaven, and they're going to come to earth. There's going to be an invasion of demon spirits, Nephilims and ship-shaking, and lizard-like, lizard-like spirit. And people will visualize and see these things have power to fall from heaven because they're going to be cast out of first and second heaven pretty soon in the 12th chapter of what? The 12th chapter of Revelation, we see the dragon and Michael and his angels cast out the demons and devils and cohorts and satire. They're going to cast them out to the earth. When they come to earth, they're going to invade. There's going to be an invasion of demons. The devil's invading people's heart now, invading men's souls now. Why you got all this here killing and murdering and rape and nobody can control it? Why you got all this here school shooting and people murdering each other? Why you got all this here people being cut up and put in plastic bags and baby is being annihilated. Why? Demons are what getting ready to invade the earth called what? Nephilim and demonic spirits. Well, when the devil and Lucifer is cast out, they're going to come to the earth. And Lucifer, that naughty cherub, which is now the dragon, the old serpent, will literally incarnate himself inside of the Antichrist and raise him from the dead. He's going to be raised from the dead and do a duplicate resurrection of Jesus Christ, which will be the phoniest resurrection that you will ever think of, not realizing that this is the devil and not God, because Jesus Christ has already been resurrected, gone back to heaven for 2,000 years, and getting ready to come back. So this is the man that's coming is not going to be Jesus Christ. He's going to be the Antichrist trying to impose himself up on Jesus Christ and let the world know that if he can be resurrected from the dead by the devil and people see that and don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, they will believe, such as the Jews, they will believe that this man is actually Christ, God Almighty. He's going to stay. He's going to be dead for three days. And on the third day, he's going to be resurrected by Satan. Satan will actually literally enter into his body. And when he comes back from the grave, he will tell you that he is God Almighty. He's going to tell the world that. It's going to be broadcasted all over the world, all over every crook and cranny. And the Jews 
are going to be deceived. And the Antichrist is going to break that seven-year covenant, and he is going to desecrate the temple. He's going to sit in the temple that the Jews are going to make. He's going to tell them, no more blood sacrifices of animals. I'm God Almighty. I'm going to sit in the temple, and I'm going to be God. I'm going to do what God did. I'm going to show you who I am. And guess what? When the world sees this, they're going to be amazed. They're going to be deceived. And let's see what the Bible says, what's going to happen after the first three and one and a half years and the invasion. Because let me tell you, I'm going to tell you now, there's going to be an invasion. The devil getting ready to invade the earth. Listen to what I'm saying. You don't hear this behind the pulpit. You don't hear this in the churches. You don't hear none of this hardly in churches today. The preachers are not preaching. They're preaching motivation speeches. They're preaching everything but the re- blood of Jesus Christ and the return of Jesus Christ and the tribulation period and the millennium period and the mark of the beast. You ain't hearing it. Well, what the Bible say? Let's see what the Bible say about this year. Uh, uh, miracle that is going to be done. All right. The 13th, the 12th verse says, and he exercised all power of the first beast before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. All right, the deadly wound was the assassination and it was healed by the resurrection of Lucifer, Satan, resurrects his body. And he does great wonders so that he maketh fire to come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men. Men will see fire come out of heaven on what? TV, Internet. The whole world is going to witness this. The whole world is going to see this. The whole world is going to be terrified of this. The whole world is going to be deceived. This majority of the world will be deceived by what they see, the miracles that Satan is going to do through the false prophet and the Antichrist. 14th verse says, and he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image. There's AI. Listen to me. There's AI right there. That's AI. Will Smith started in a picture called iRobot, started in the picture of Independence Day. That's all demonic. That's all devil. That's all Lucifer. That's all the dragon. That's all the old serpent. This is what this AI is all about. Let's read that again. And he deceived them that dwell on earth by the means of those miracles which had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them, that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image of the beast which had the wound by the sword, the assassination, and did live. He lived. Three days in the the earth, the bottomless pit, he comes from the bottomless pit, and he lives. He had power to give life. And to the image AI, give him life of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak. They got robots now speaking. They got AI speaking. 
They got all kinds of things. I pull up to a, 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 a rally's bar, and a, a computer comes on and tell me, what do you want? And I tell them what they want, and I move on around to the side of the thing, and they say, we have we have added up, and your total is $9. Robots are speaking to the human man, and this is what John the Revelator saw 2,600 years ago, and he said, and it calls that as many as would not worship the image. If you don't worship the image, if you don't bow down to the image, if you don't receive the mark, should be killed. 16th verse, and he causes all both, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, receive a mark in their right hand or on their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of the name. Here is wisdom, that him that has understanding count the number of the beast, but is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. The Antichrist is here. Antichrist is here because I know what the Bible says. The Bible said he will come from where? He will come from the Western Europe, NATO. He will come from the ten toes, spoken by Daniel the prophet. He will come from the ten horns, the ten crowns. And he said, after you see the ten horns and ten crowns rise up out of the earth, he said, after the ten horns, he looked around. John the Revelator looked around, and Daniel saw it. Daniel looked around and said, wait a minute. He said, I see another little horn that came up from among the ten horns, which is known today, NATO. NATO is on Russia's case. NATO is the ten crowns, the ten horns, the ten kings, the ten toes. That's NATO right there. That's the new world order. That's the one that the Antichrist is going to have control of because when the Antichrist country came in, Daniel said, I saw another little horn, and this little horn was very weak. But I saw this little horn grow and had power. And this little horn spoke great things against the Most High, and this little horn had eyes like a man. So it's a man that has intelligence. It's a man that's going to have control of the 10 European common market, and they're getting in control of it right now. And this horn would come from the 11th country that would join the Union in 1986. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He joined the union. This country joined the union in 1986, and out of that country came Juan Carlos. Juan Carlos was the first king after what? Generalissimo Franco gave it to him. And Juan Carlos had it until from 1975 until 2014. Juan Carlos had a wife, had two daughters, and a son. And his son was named King Felipe. King Felipe was born in 1968, and from 1968 until 2023, guess what? 
King Felipe became the king of Spain in what? He became the king of Spain in 2014. Juan Carlos was getting old. Juan Carlos had a lot of horses with the government. Juan Carlos had some discrepancy, and so he gave the throne to his son, and his son is six foot six. He's a four-star general, and he he's a Catholic, and he's looking towards Jerusalem now. And they tell me the Jews has already considered Juan Carlos' father to be the king of Jerusalem. But he is not the king now. His son is the king, and it was transferred to him from his father to him, and now his king, Felipe, is the king of Spain. Why don't you check your YouTube? Check your YouTube and check up King Felipe. Six foot six, got six letters in his name. Good God Almighty, that's the man right there. And he's smooth. He's smooth. He's, he, he, he's handsome for the women. And you know, when he's tall. He's tall, and he's very smart. And he's an instrument that the devil's going to use in the last days to deceive the people of the planet going to deceive a multitude of people, going to deceive the government, going to deceive every false church member, going to deceive those that don't know Jesus Christ. And when the church is ratcheted up, there won't be nobody here to end the preach the gospel, but God said, I got somebody. God said, I got somebody. God said, I'm going to send them too. God said, I'm going to rapture the church up in a moment of a twinkling of an eye, and I'm going to bring them before the judgment seat of Christ, and all the born-again believers will be judged according to the works that they have done down here, and you will receive your war, your rewards for your works. Your salvation is already fixed. You have been born again, so you won't be judged for hellfire. You will be judged for the works and your position that you will have in heaven when you leave this earth, and I'm working on my I'm working on it. I'm working. I'm preaching. I'm preaching. I'm praying. I'm looking for souls to tell somebody about this. Because let me tell you, when I'm gone, you're going to miss me. So King Felipe is the Antichrist. And the world will not be revealed to the world until the rapture of the church is removed from this planet. And when the rapture occurs, there's going to be plane wrecks, car wrecks, there's going to be fires, there's going to be looting, there's going to be all kinds of confusion and strife, there's going to be UFOs and all kinds of uh, 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 events that's going to happen around the world, and it's going to take about two weeks, about 14 days, for people to get reorganized. And when they get reorganized, the Antichrist, King Philippe, will make a what? He will make a covenant, a seven-year covenant with the Jewish people that he will give them protection for seven years. And the Jews are going to accept it, and they are going to rebuild the temple. This is where the temple is going to be rebuilt. It'll take about 18 months for them to reestablish the temple and the old sacrificial altar, and the Jews are going to think 
by being deceived that this is their true Messiah when it will be the devil. They will have a covenant with the devil. The devil will be what? He will be the deceiver of the Jewish people to try to destroy the Jewish people, and he ain't going to do it. He can't do it. It's impossible for him to do it because in the first part of the tribulation, it's going to be a semi-peace. And this semi-peace will have the world fool until they tell me after Jerusalem have been conquered by the rings of fire, not conquered, but they have been, they defeated the rings of fire, then Russia is going to come on the scene and believe that since this little peace thing is going on, that they have an opportunity to go down up on the holy mountain of Israel and take Jerusalem captivity. You will find it in the 38th and 39th chapter of Ezekiel. And this is what Ezekiel said. I'm going to read a little bit out of Ezekiel for you to give you a picture of what's getting ready to happen. And I ain't prophesying off the top of my head. I'm prophesying from the word of God. Here's what it is. Listen to what it says. In the 38th chapter, it says, And the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog and the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against them, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O God, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks in your jaws, and I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. This is the army. This is Russia. This is Putin. This is what Putin is getting ready to do because he already messed with Ukraine. But after the rings of fire do their thing and the rapture of the church occur, it's going to bring a semi-peace. And this semi-peace will fool the world in believing everything's going to be all right because we've been looking for somebody to lead the whole world for the last, what, last 2,000 years. Not only, but somebody to lead the whole world and bring the whole world under one world government, which this is going to be an attempt to do it, but it's going to fail because God Christ is going to come back to the earth after the seven-year tribulation. Now, not only Russia is going to attack Israel. Listen to what else is going to attack Persia. That's Iran. Ethiopia. Libya. With them, all of them, with shield and helmets. Gomer, which is Germany, and all the bands of the house of Togomar, which is Turkey, of the northern quarters, and all his bands. And many people with thee, be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself. Thou and all thy company that 
or assembly unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days, Ezekiel said, after many days, what is he saying? What is Ezekiel say after many days? He said 2,600 years later. 2,600 years later, I am going to attack Jerusalem. In many days, thou shalt be visited. In the latter years, latter years, latter years, 2023, latter years, the end of the sixth millennium. After many days thou shalt be visited, in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, Jerusalem, Israel, and is gathered out of many nations. All the Jews are coming back into the land and against the mountain of Israel, which I have always wasted. But it is brought back forth out of the nation, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. They're going to dwell safely, all of them. Why? Because God has defeated the rains of fire, and by him deceiving the rains of fire, Jerusalem think the Jews think they're safety. But listen what it says down a little further. Ninth verse, and thou shalt ascend and come like a storm, and thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. He's coming with five nations. Armies. Thus says the Lord God, it shall come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind, and thou shalt think an evil thought. What's the evil thought? The evil thought, we're gonna get rid of we're gonna get rid of Israel. We're gonna eliminate Israel. We're gonna tear them up. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take them into captivity and take all that they got. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bar nor gates, to take spoil, to take prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited and upon the people that are gathered out of the nation which have gotten cattle and goods and dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants and Tarkish and all the young lions, all the nations that surround Israel, even America, even America is not going to be able to stop Russia. 3,500 miles away, high in the world, Russia is going to do anything to stop this invasion that's going to happen, what, within a few, I don't know, months, half a year? They ain't going to be able to stop. So America, they ain't going to be able to do nothing. Why? Because, number one, America, have, we repented. America is not supporting the Jews like they're supposed to. The churches are not supporting the Jews. And God says, if you bless my people, I will bless you. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants and all uh, of Tarkas and all the young lions, they'll just say, Art thou come to take spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take prey, to carry away the what, the silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? 
Therefore, Son of Man, prophesy and say to God, Thus saith the Lord God in that day, when my people Israel dwell safely, thou shalt not know it, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army, and thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land, and it shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathens may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee. O God, be for their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, art thou he of whom I have spoken in old times by my service, the prophet of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I have, I would bring thee against them. Do you hear what Ezekiel saying? Ezekiel saying, 2023, 20, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, from, from 20, from 2023 to 2030, that's seven years. That's the end of millennium. That's the end of what? That's the end of 6,000 years, 2030. So you got a seven-year tribulation to put in between 2023 and 2030. He's not going over it. He's not going over that. So what I'm saying, September is a it's devastated because one day or one evening or one afternoon or one midnight, there's going to be a great cataclysm when the graves are going to bust open, when the, uh, those that's alive are going to be called to meet the Lord in the air. After that, it's going to be hell on earth. There's going to be car wrecks, plane wrecks. There's going to be people in total fear. There's going to be race rides. There's going to be people in the street. There's going to be people going into stores. There's going to be people stealing cars. There's going to be people going into people's houses, taking their belongings. They're going to go berserk because Christ has raptured the church. Where are you going to be? Where do you want to be? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to see Jesus? Do you want to be with him forever? If you do, you better get ready. You better come to Jesus. He loves you. He's merciful. He's kind. He's everlasting. He don't want nobody to go to hell. Why don't you try it? Why don't you just repent and turn from those nasty, low-down, sinful ways that you have? And you can't be changed until you want to be changed. If you don't want to be changed and become like Jesus, if you don't want to be changed and come like Jesus, you're going to die and go to hell. And my friends, you don't want to go. You don't want to go. God don't want you to go. And he proved it. 2,000 years ago, he proved it. 
He proved it when I didn't even know nothing about it. He proved it when people know something about it. He proved it that he loves the world. That he gave without a shadow of a doubt his only son that he had. He ain't got no more. He ain't got no more. Don't miss it. Don't let your dad take you to hell. Don't let your mama take you to hell. Don't let nobody take you to hell. Get no Jesus for yourself. Don't go on somebody else's experience. Go off with experience what you have experienced with Jesus Christ. And you know when you experience Jesus Christ, you know you're going to pass from death to life. Not because you don't smoke, don't drink, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't do it. You know you pass from death to life because you love the brother. You just love what? Everybody. You love everybody you see. You don't hate. You you, you don't have no hate in your The only hate you have in your heart is sin. Only hate you should have in your heart. You hate sin. Apostle Paul said that. He said, the thing that I do, I hate. When I want to do good, he was present with me. He said, now, in my flesh, there is no good thing. Oh, oh, wretched. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who is able to deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He conquered death hell, and the grave. I am saved by the grace of a loving, merciful God. Come to Jesus now. You need him just as much as I need him. And if you got him, I need him just as much as you got him. I'm not putting myself on no pinnacle. I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm not doing nothing but telling you don't miss the rapture. You can miss a couple of uh, church services. And maybe survive, but if you miss the rapture, you're going to be left here. And you're going to have to face King Felipe. Oh, is he handsome. And I'm not a man that look at men. I don't look at men. But this dude, he, he got it. He got it. And the only thing that's holding him back right now, oh, let me forget you. Oh, I forgot to tell you that after the rapture of the church, Jesus Christ is going to send 144,000 in the book of Revelation 7 chapter. And he's going to let them preach for two and one half years in the first part of the tribulation period. He's going to let them preach. There ain't going to be no, uh, ain't going to be no collection. There ain't going to be no, just the gospel, gospel of the kingdom. The Jews are going to be preaching Jesus Christ is coming back to set up the millennial kingdom. That's for three and one and a half years. That's every month, every day, every hour, for three and one and a half years. And out of that preaching, it's going to be so powerful. It's going to be a universal, all-out revival. Those that are lost are going to revive and give them a new spirit, a new look on life. And there's going to be a great host of people that receive Christ during the first part of the tribulation period, 
which they would have to go through the second part of the tribulation period. And they're going to preach 1,260 days or 42 months or times and times and dividing times. And after they get through, they're going to be caught up and through with their mission. And after they get through with their mission, God's going to send two witnesses to preach another three and one half years. Moses and Elijah will preach for three and one half years, televised, televised, internet, AI. It's going to be horrific. It's going to be dynamite. And they're going to stand right there in Jerusalem and preach till the people get angry. And they're going to be hearing it for three and one half years straight. Ain't nobody going to be able to shut them down. If anybody touched them, fire will come out their mouth or they'll be killed. And they're going to do that until they say, stop it. At the end of the three and one half years, God's going to give them power to slay the men. They're going to lay in the streets for three and one half days. And the whole world will witness this great, Great God that's going to reveal to the world, and the world will hear the gospel, and then the end will come. That's yet to come. And if you're not saved, you need Christ. Here's how you do it. You're a sinner. You need to repent. You need to come to Christ right now. You couldn't need the land. Quit lying to yourself. Be real. Because God knows your heart. He knows exactly how you feel. He knows what you're thinking. He, he knows your uprising, down, sitting, knows the number of hairs in your head, knows what your thoughts are off. He knows everything about you. So don't try to put no jive on him. If you know you're a sinner, you know you have accepted Christ, you know you've been playing around, Pastor Paul said, if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, that the Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God, the Bible shall, you shall be saved. There's not no other God. God raised himself in Christ. Jesus Christ is God. And so God brought salvation on arm. Through Christ, he paid the penalty for sins. Don't go to hell with your sins. Because that's where you're headed for. Jesus Christ can save you now. The only thing you've got to say is repent means turn, broken up, contrite spirit. Turn from your wickedness. Don't try to name them. Don't try to name them. Don't try to pick one out. You're just a sinner. You're a sinner not because you sin. You're a sinner because you haven't repented and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And ask him to come into my life right now. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I need you to save me. I'm sorry for my sins, and I'm confessing with my mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God. In Jesus' name, come in right now, right now. Lift my spirit and sanctify my soul through your blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's easy than ABC. This is Pastor Bazaar. This is Elder G. Bazaar.
letting you know. The day is far spent. Time is almost up. There's going to be a horrific turnaround in the next six months. The whole system, society, is going to see great things that God is going to do, saving souls and getting the church ready to leave this whole earth and go and be with the Lord. You need to go. You don't want to stay here. This is Elder Bazaar. I'm going to get off a little early tonight. I'm going to close it down. I got most of the video in. I hope those that's listening will take heed. I'll be on Sunday night, evening at 5 o'clock. Brother, Brother Tim Jackson will be with me. He had to work tonight, but he'll be with me on Sunday night, and we're going to go to more prophecy. We'll be making repeats, but we want to keep you up to date. I wish I had an answer, answer calls and explain some scriptures to you. But the best I can do now is just you have to listen to what I've just read through out of Revelation, all about AI and all about the war that's coming up, all about the fall of the church, the, the, the church right now, whether you're ready or you're not ready. Because you know some people that are saved don't know how close we are. Some that are saved know how close we are. Those that, that, that are saved don't realize how close we are. A lot of people say, you can't go to heaven unless you really, really, really believe uh, 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 and look for Jesus, all right? A lot, a lot of Christians ain't looking for Jesus, but they're saved. So when they come before the judgment seat of Christ and they have not been walking in the spirit and have not done the works of the Lord, they're going to be ashamed or when they get their works or when they get their reward. I do not want to be ashamed when I stand before Jesus Christ. There's going to be a lot of Christians standing before Jesus Christ ashamed. But they accepted Jesus Christ. I thank God for that because he can keep you through anything. And it's up to you who you are going to love. Love the flesh or love Jesus Christ or love the devil. You can't love both of them at the same. you got to love one or the other. A lot of Christians, you hear what I say? A lot of preachers, a lot of deacons are going to be ashamed before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't want to be ashamed before the great beamer seat. I want him to say to me, well done. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. I'm going to let you be a rewarder of many. I thank God for that, and I'm going to work it on out. I'm going to press on to my high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I want you to do the same thing. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. I'll see you Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. God bless you. May God smile on you. In Jesus' name, I say amen.